Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Writing Cabin with Tara Benner. I'm fantasy author Tara Benner, and this is my cabin. We all need to escape into story from time to time. So come on in, sit down by the fire, pour yourself a nice hot cup of coffee, and let's talk books. Now, before we get started today, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank my wonderful patrons. Patrons, your support not only funds the creation of new stories, but it tells me that you believe what I do is worthwhile and that you enjoy my books so much that you want to support them and me directly. If you're not familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a platform that allows readers to support authors with a small monthly pledge. If you would like to join our Patreon family, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash Tara Benner Labs. I create a brand new short story or novella every single month, as well as an exclusive video diary. You can gain access to that entire library of Patreon shorts for just $2, or if you pledge $3 a month, you will also receive each new novel as an ebook before it's released anywhere else. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Tara Benner Labs. All right, this week's featured book is The Defectors. First came the virus, then came the collapse. The only way to contain the epidemic is mandatory migration across the northern border of the United States. Each vaccinated citizen is identified by a tiny microchip, the most intelligent piece of technology ever to be implanted in a human being that tracks and analyzes your every move. 20-year-old Haven Alice is in the system. Her citizen ID tracks her location, conversations, internet activity, bank account, everything. Any suspicious activity is warrant for arrest. But for those who are undocumented, life is much worse. Illegals are taken to the prisons in Sector X and made to disappear. When her best friend Grayson is captured and arrested for his undocumented status, Haven must go off the grid to save him. Life outside the city has its own dangers. Carriers of the virus lurk everywhere, and the private military company is rounding up illegals. On her mission to rescue Grayson, Haven will discover a revolution in motion and be forced to question everything she believes. The Defectors is a dystopian adventure with lots of action, friendship, and romance, and right now you can get it for free wherever books are sold. I will put a link to that down in the show notes or down in the description box if you're watching on YouTube. Okay, so it's time for my little life update that I do each and every week. And this past weekend was 4th of July, and <laughs> we broke our own rule uh, this holiday weekend. Usually, whenever there's a major three-day holiday weekend, uh, my husband and I, we kind of hunker down and stay at home because there's always a lot of traffic on the roads um, since we live in Colorado and people come out to camp and everything. And I had even gone to the library and rented a whole bunch of DVDs uh, for us to watch because the other thing that happens is our internet gets so slow that it's almost unusable on those weekends because we have to use internet from the cell towers and everybody pulls up in their big RVs with generators and flat screen TVs and they're always like using their phones and so 
not only are we like stuck at home usually, but we don't have internet to watch Netflix or whatever. And so <laughs> I got this whole horde of DVDs that we were going to just kind of stay in. Um, but a friend of mine was going to the big 4th of July shindig in Woodland Park. And so we met her there uh, with her daughter and her daughter is about the same age as my son. And so we just had a kind of fun, low key morning. Um, we listened to some live music and had a hot dog and got some free ice cream and it was just a lot of fun. Um, it's the first time I'd gone to this festival. It's um, the old-fashioned 4th of July that they have every year, and uh, they turn the whole park into like a beer garden. We were there pretty early <laughs> because we have infants, and so we were not drinking, but uh, I think it'd be really fun uh, just to go chill and have the 4th of July uh, celebration and have a few drinks especially if you don't have kids, uh, <laughs> but it was also very family friendly. So if you're in the area, I highly recommend it, uh, for 4th of July weekend. Uh, we came back afterward and we grilled and my son learned to play fetch with my dog. So my son is, uh, almost 11 months old and, uh, we have this little Australian shepherd who loves, uh, to chase tennis balls, although she doesn't always bring them back. And, uh, my son learned that if he threw the ball, then she would go get it. And he thought that was pretty funny. So we had just, yeah, just some really nice family time and enjoyed the beautiful weather. And, uh, and this week I'm kind of back to business, trying to be productive. Uh, I have a lot to do this week because we have uh, some family coming in from out of town next week. And so I'm trying to get as much work done as I can and also kind of get things ready to have company, which is always kind of a production. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one thing that I've started doing this week that has kind of been helping me is I've started planning my day, which sounds a little bit obvious, but also I don't think it's something that a lot of people do. And it's not something that I ever thought I needed to do because when I'm at home all day, my days are pretty much the same. You know, I get up early, I try to write, and then my son wakes up and I get him breakfast and do some things around the house. And then when he goes down for his nap, I immediately go work and he wakes up and it's lunch and whatever. Sometimes we go for a hike and then he goes for a nap and I work. And it's just kind of this rhythm that we have. But um, I realize that I actually do a lot in a day and I try to cram a lot of things in. And sometimes I'm just kind of mindlessly checking things off my to-do list, but there's really no strategy behind it. <laughs> and so uh, I got this idea from a fellow YouTube creator named Callie. Her channel is called But First Coffee, and she produces a lot of productivity, home organization type content. And she suggests that at the beginning of the day, you sit down for five minutes and you do a brain dump, and then you schedule out everything you're going to do that day. And uh, I don't really do the brain dump on paper because I think that would overwhelm me. <laughs> Instead, what I do is I ask myself, what are the big things that if I got them done today would make me feel really accomplished at the end of the day? And so those are the things that I prioritize. And uh, I just, I block off my time into chunks because I know that I have 
time when my son is awake and I can do things like throw in a load of laundry and um, then I have times where he's asleep where I try to get all of my like major writing, editing, um, podcasting, <laughs> things like that done. And, uh, and I don't always stick to the schedule that I make for myself. Um, sometimes I cram too many things in. Sometimes I like to do things out of order. But just having them kind of put in a specific time block gives me peace of mind because it, it tells me that if I just go by that schedule, then I'll get the things done that I wanted to do. And if I decide to do them out of order, it's not a big deal. I can kind of shuffle things around as needed. But it has helped me regain a sense of control amid the chaos of having a, a little kid and running my own business, working from home, trying to keep our life on track as far as groceries and a livable house and all that. And one thing I realized is that when you're a parent, you have all these little tiny things that always need done and all these lingering things that should be done. And sometimes it's hard to make progress on the bigger things. And there are some things that you just don't even want to touch because they seem too daunting. And I definitely have some of those things lingering, like my son's baby book that I hadn't touched since he was like two weeks old and getting all of my fiction books uploaded to my Shopify store for my website, um, things like that. That's just like, ooh, like I really need to do this, but it's just this huge thing and consistency and incremental progress is key. And so... <laughs> I'm trying to make myself do something a little bit at a time, even if I can only devote 10 minutes to it, it gets done if you just consistently make that small chunk of time. And so that's what I'm working on. Um, I have cracked open the baby book and started recording things. Uh, I haven't touched the Shopify store in a while, but uh, I'm, I'm getting some other big projects out of the way first. So that leads pretty naturally here into my writing update. The big thing this past week is that I finished The Silver Flame Dragon, which is the prequel novella to the series I'm working on. Uh, the first two chapters of that went out to my patrons last week, and I have the entire first draft written. And so in August and September, that will be the Patreon um, uh bonus that they get. And uh, I have also started redrafting the first few chapters of Dragon Kingdom book one, which is the first book in my new high fantasy series. And I say redrafting because uh, as I said last week, I finished the entire first draft. But the first few chapters, I'd already rewritten them once. And I still felt like they just weren't right. Um, and I couldn't immediately put my finger on why that was, but I found kind of an alternate beginning, alternate, alternative, alternative beginning. And I think it's going to work better. The issue is as an author, especially this day and age, you have to have a really strong opening to a novel, especially when it's book one of five or six, because 
everything comes down to that book one, because if a reader isn't invested in book one, they're not going to go on to read the subsequent books. And really, you have to grab people in that first chapter, or at least that first 10%, because when someone buys a book on their Kindle, before they buy, they may decide to download the sample chapters or the sample um, pages, which is usually 10% of the book. And those pages have to grab them. And so there's a lot that has to happen. You have to introduce the protagonist. You have to introduce them to the world. There needs to be action, but you can't have people be confused. And there's just, it's, I don't know, it's really hard for me <laughs> to write the first chapters of uh, any novel, but especially a book one. Later books in the series really aren't that bad, but book one it's just a lot of pressure. And so sometimes what I will do is I will write a first chapter that I actually intend to end up being chapter two, and I will go back and add chapter one before that. And so um, that's what happened with The Fringe. The first chapter was originally the chapter that is from Harper's perspective, and I went back and I added that first scene from Eli's perspective where he fights Miles and they're kind of um, like fake throne fight. And uh, I think I did that with Ether Witch, which I don't know that the first chapter that I had be the first chapter is really the strongest. I, I don't think it's the strongest chapter in the book by any means. Um, I think I did that with Colony One, but sometimes I think I second guess myself and I shouldn't replace the first chapter, but uh, the issue with Dragon Kingdom was I felt like what I had her doing in the original first chapter made her seem a little bit younger and more immature than she really is. And it didn't really sell the, the main conflict, which is kind of, I won't say it's the inciting incident, but it's kind of the problem that leads to the inciting incident with her. Um, that being, you know, that she is 24 years old and her father's getting older and basically she needs to get married <laughs> because in this fantasy society, it's it's sort of medieval. It's not really specifically set in any one time period, but the idea is that women can't own property, but they can't inherit debt and her father owns this or he's farming this land and he is in all this debt to the Lord that that land belongs to. And um, basically when he dies, she will be saddled with his debt without any means to pay it or basically earn a living. And so she has to get married. She does not want to get married. She wants to make her own way. And um, so that's kind of the conflict there. And uh, the the first scene is a lot more exciting than that. But uh, yeah, so I'm in the process of reworking those first two to three chapters, which is kind of painful since I have already completely rewritten them once. But then once that is done, I will be editing uh, the entire first draft, which usually takes me between, it used to take me maybe like 17 days, but now that I just do one really big first edit and then a read through, that's kind of my like revision process. Now I spend longer on that first chunk. And so this the last, which is a Mountain Shadow book, took me 26 days to edit. This one is even longer, and so it could take me as much as a month to do this big edit, 
we'll see. I am supposed to be going out of town at the beginning of August. And so I'm trying to plan that, but I really would like to have that round of edits complete before I go. So we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> the moral of the story is I always forget how hard it is to write the first book in a series because as an author, you're getting to know those characters, you're getting to know the world, you're having to answer all these questions for yourself that come up as you're writing. You're, you're starting from scratch. And there's also a lot of pressure on that first novel to really grab readers and get them invested in the characters so that they'll want to spend three to six books with them. And so it's just, it's a big deal. And I haven't done as much detailed planning for the rest of the series as I would usually prefer at this stage. And so I think when I'm done with this edit, I'm really going to create a much more detailed rough outline for the rest of the series. It's a lot to do and it's a lot of mental heavy lifting. And so I am procrastinating by doing a lot of recording that I needed to do today. <laughs> um, I am currently in the process of editing the audio for Blood Ties, the novella that I released as read by the author, um, or on the podcast read by the author. I'm kind of going through that and making sure that it's just how I want it. And since it's the first fiction book that I recorded myself, I'm finding that there are a couple chapters that I'd really prefer to re-record. And, uh, the reason I, I'm trying to get it all perfect is because I'm going to upload it as one video to YouTube. And once I do that, I can't really tweak any of the audio files without re-uploading a whole new video. And I don't want to do that. So uh, I'm going to finish that up. And then next week, as I mentioned, I'm having some family in from out of town. So instead of a normal podcast where it's just me talking, I am actually going to begin airing chapters of my audio performance of Blood Ties on the podcast. And if you haven't read it yet, that is the prequel to Which is the Mountain Shadow written from Wesley and Gabriel's perspectives. It's completely standalone. It takes place a few years before they came to Mountain Shadow. And so um, it's definitely a fun listen. So do tune in for that. Um, I'm probably going to be releasing the chapters in pretty quick succession. So you'll be able to enjoy them kind of one after the, uh, one after the next. So that's it for my writing update. Now it's time for what am I reading this week? And I just started a fantastic book called Dragon's Bane by Barbara Hambly. This is book one in the Winterland series. And this book was actually written in the mid 80s, which I didn't realize, um, but I just, I stumbled upon it and it looked like my kind of thing. I picked it up and I'm like a quarter of the way through already. Um, it's just, it's really held my attention and just been a joy to read. Uh, it has a female protagonist, which I really appreciate for high fantasy because they're the female protagonists um, in this type of book are kind of few and far between. The protagonist is a witch and she meets a boy who is on a mission to uh, slay a dragon. Basically, the king has sent him to try to find this man called the Dragon's Bane, who is the only living person known to have slayed a dragon. This witch knows the Dragon's Bane, but when she introduces 
this boy to the dragon's mane, he's kind of disappointed because the boy has grown up on a steady diet of heroic ballads and he is expecting someone much different for the dragon's bane. Um, there's a little bit of romance in this, but really what's got my interest, what's held my interest the most, I think, is um, a combination of the really complex female character who's kind of torn between the love of um, this man and her two children and kind of this need to go off and live the solitary life of study that she needs to excel in her craft as a mage. And uh, that's, you know, she's just really believable in that aspect. But also, the world is just so immersive. Like, Barbara Hambly is so amazing at her world building. Um, There's gnomes in this. There's cannibalistic tribes. There are all these kind of ghostly beings that we don't fully understand yet at this stage in the book. Um, But the Winterlands, which is kind of the area where they are, um, it's it's very atmospheric the way the writing is. And um, I've just been completely sucked in and really enjoying it. So I definitely recommend that if you love epic fantasy. Um, As far as what I'm listening to, I am still listening to the audio version of Dragon Singer. Um, That's kind of where I am on my journey through Pern. But uh, yeah, that's about all I have for this week. Um, But before we go, I want to ask a quick favor of you. Uh, If you have enjoyed Ether Witch or any of the books in the Witches of the Mountain Shadow series, The Witch's Fortune really needs reviews. So that is the prequel novella that just came out. If you have not read it yet and you would like a review copy, you can leave a comment down below or you can shoot me an email at tarabenner at gmail.com. I would really love to get some more reviews up on that. So that would be a great way to help me out if you have enjoyed my channel or the podcast. That's about it. But before we go, let's check the mailbox. And this week we have a YouTube comment from Don't Duel. Very cool username, by the way. This is a comment on the Ether Witch audiobook. Don't Duel writes, thank you for this great book. You have a gift as a writer. Your skills are up there among the great authors like Terry Goodkind, Tom Sharp, Lindsay Broker, and Harry Harrison. Looking forward to the other books in the series. Thumbs up emoji. Also, major credit to the narrator of the video, too. Well done, Taylor Harvey. Thank you so much for the sweet comment, Don't Duel. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I'm so glad that you enjoy the book, and I really appreciate those comparisons, so thank you for that. If you have any questions or comments you would like for me to read on the show, you can send them to tarabenner at gmail.com. You can also post them on any of my social media channels. I am at author Tara Benner on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I am Tara Benner author on YouTube. Um, but that's all I have for you this week. Feel free to stay in my cabin for as long as you like. We can drink all the coffee, you can crack open a good book, hopefully one of mine, and have a wonderful weekend.